Give the worship team another big hand this afternoon. Amen. Um, it's good to be in the house of God. Just look at someone and tell them, God loves you. He does. If nobody's told you that today, you heard it here. God loves you. Amen. Um, I, before I, I begin and go on with the rest of our service, I do want to um, mention a couple of things. We want to continue to pray for certain people, but um, I, I do want to touch on that one of the last slides there. This Friday, we're beginning a new small group, and I want to invite Bianca, if she'd come up here right now. She asked to uh, share a few things, so we're going to have her share. Um, you just caught a glimpse of what's going to be going on in that Friday night group, so why don't you share a little bit about how and what and why we're doing this. I wanted to do a worship um small group at our house just for this Friday um, but I realized that I guess I didn't know how to worship or the meaning of worship and why we do it in the different steps that are a part of worship and I took this school of ministry class in January and it just opened my eyes to the importance of worship and it's like oh my goodness I was missing out on so much but um, during this small group I just want to explain and show you the different parts of worship and why we enter in with thanksgiving, why then we go to praise and then we start with repentance and then we can follow all these other steps. And I wanna explain and take the time to do that. So part of it will be me talking um, for about 15 minutes and then the rest will just be in the presence of the Lord and just experiencing his goodness. Cause I want you guys to to, to love worship and to understand the importance of it. So if you could make it, I would love for you all to join us. It's going to be good, small get-together in our living room. Um, and we'll just sing praises to the Lord and just be in his presence. Amen. How many are excited about that? Thank you, Bianca. Yes. So we'd love to see you. Um, and we look forward to that. This Friday, beginning at 6.30 p.m., sharp. She's going to start. Amen. So the other things I, I want to do before I begin is also uh, just uh, be praying. Uh, most of you got a text that we had a prayer need for my mom. She's doing better, and she wanted me to, to express her thanks to all those that prayed for her this past weekend. And she's at home re recovering. She was at ER on Friday. She's doing much better, but she still needs to recover and gain her full strength. Amen? And so today would have been a lot with the potluck and all that, so... Um, she's home, resting, but just continue to pray for regaining her strength. Amen, amen. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, 39 years old. I don't know how they do it at her age, you know. It's just, it's just tough. So um, pray for strength. And then also we have a few other needs as well. Uh, how many have a need here today? Just raise your hand if you know someone or uh, that there's a need out there. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you stand with me as we bring these needs to the Lord? Lord knows them, what's on your heart right now. Let's bring them to the Lord. Father God, again, we thank you that we can enter into the presence of Almighty God. Lord, we've entered in through the gates. We've entered in through the courts. We have entered into the Holy of Holies. And Lord, we are here today in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, presenting our petitions, our needs before you. We're asking for strength for Mama Mendez. We're praying that you would touch her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, that you would give her comfort and peace. 
as well as for my dad. Be his strength as well and his healer as well. We give you thanks, glory, and honor for that, Father. We lift up all the other needs that were represented by raised hands today. May you touch those needs today. May you fill those needs today, Lord. We ask you that in the wonderful, majestic name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. God bless you. Well, I'm going to finish up this series today on the family of God, part four. And part of being a family, a spiritual family, is really what I've been talking about, a spiritual family. Part of that is what we did uh, yesterday. And I want to give a big thanks to all those, first of all, that contributed for the homeless outreach. You contributed uh, so many different items, some of you monetarily, and we put it together yesterday, and we had a wonderful time ministering uh, to those in need. But uh, it, it couldn't have been done without all of you, and I want to touch a little bit about that later in my message here. But today I want to close with this uh, Family of God Part 4. You know, it's not an accident that all of us long to belong. How many know what I'm talking about? There's a longing deep within us to belong to something greater than us. It's an instinct that God put inside of you. It's an instinct that God created inside of you. And it's why we marry. It's why we have children, because we have a sense of completeness, of wholeness, um, when we have that. It's not by accident. But his plan all along was for him to make a way for you and I to run towards him. He, he has a plan for each of you to be complete and whole, but ultimately it's to lead you to Christ, to know him. And, and God created every one of us, and we remain apart from him, alienated from him, until we receive him as Lord and Savior. And once we do, then, as Bianca says, those doors begin to open the, through the gates of thanksgiving and courts of praise, but those doors remain shut to us until we fix this relationship. Amen? That's the beginning point that gives us the privilege to enter into his courts. Now, you may not even be living for God. You may know some that aren't living for God, but I truly believe that each one of us has a season, a period of time in our life where all of a sudden God comes knocking. Amen? God gets your attention. The Holy Spirit will cause things to shake up in your world to get your attention. Because you see, our Father in Heaven loves you so much, He will stir things in your life. He will stir things in your life to get your attention. And He wants your attention. And I believe that's what happened to me in my mid-20s. He got a hold of me. And there was a season in time, just like each of you have had, where He got your attention. He wants you and I to be able to ultimately say, you are a child of the king, that I am a child of the king, that you can rise up and tell somebody, I am a child of the king. We, we were able to lead a few people yesterday to the Lord, and one, one of the women that I prayed with, she, you know, she was looking at me because she had never heard this apparently, and as I'm telling and sharing her uh, the story of what Jesus did on the cross, I said, you're no longer just a nobody. I want to tell you right now, you're a child, a daughter of the king. She was looking at me like, 
really? And I said, yes, and you're a child of the king. You are important to us. You're important, more important to God. So all of us are children of the king. And what I want to share with you for these next few moments, because I know we have a spiritually hungry family here, a, a physically hungry family as well. We're going to get to that shortly. But I want to share with you why do we have a spiritual family? Why do we need a spiritual family? And what purpose does the spiritual family exist or serve for? But first I want to take you to our sermon text. It's on your outline that you have been given, your handout. And it's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Let's read those two verses, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He's talking about those that are born again, amen? This is a spiritual family. This is the beginning of a spiritual family when you come to that recognition of who he is. You see, everyone here in this house, when you came, whether it was in this house or another place, when you came as you were, God accepted you as you are. He doesn't just say at the door, well, hold up now. Uh, you have to be A, B, C, and D before you can come into my house. He didn't say any of that. And how many are thankful for that? Amen. He wants you to come right in so that you could get slapped upside the head like my brother Bill did on his first Sunday. Say praise God, amen, because it worked. Amen. He's still here. Amen. But here, here's the thing about family that I know, even a spiritual family. We may not all agree at the same time. We may have differences. We may even quarrel with each other. But at the end of the day, a family is a family. Amen? You know that there's nothing more important than family. Because it, it conveys a sense of belonging. When you belong to a family, there's so much assurance there. There's so much confidence there for you. Amen? To be in a family of God means to be accepted for who you are, to be loved, cherished, celebrated, and most important, fully forgiven because you're now a new creation in Christ. That is the best news possible in a new family. And I want to remind you of that by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... This person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. What he's saying is those old habits have passed away. New habits have come up. New habits have developed. You are now a new creation in Christ. And when you have this new relationship as a new believer, now all of a sudden you have confidence, a spiritual confidence, a spiritual strength, not of yourself, but it comes from God Almighty, amen? Because how many know that with him, all things are possible? With you, uh, there's a limit, but with him, all things are possible. The only requirement is that we would believe on Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, the God who is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient, amen? Uh, he, he is everywhere. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is in all those areas, and he knows all about you. 
yet he still receives you as you are, accepts you as you are, and loves you as you are. Amen? And if we take a look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, this is a reminder of what the Lord's done for each of you as believers in this family. Chapter 1 and verse 5 says, He predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. How many realize that God knows everything? He, not only does he know the past, that not only does he know the present, but he knows the future. He knew every one of you that would be attending church today. He knew when you would become saved, when you would develop this loving relationship with the Savior. He knows of those that will walk out and break his heart and never to come back to a church again, because there are those as well. There are those that, you know, we've, we've had loved ones that have passed away in this place here. All of us have had loved ones that have passed away. He knows the number of days we have. He knows the number of hairs on your head. There is nothing that he doesn't know. So why wouldn't we go to him? Amen. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We have every right, every privilege to be able to go to him. Amen. And this leads to belonging. As a child of God, you belong. You have a place where you belong. And there's nothing more beautiful than that, than a place of belonging. The second my second point, and that was my first point, a sense of belonging. The second point is a sense of unity. There's power in unity, amen? There's power in the, in the Gospels, in the book of Acts. It was said that the apostles were of one mind and one accord. Didn't mean the car they were driving. It, it talks about that they were of one mind and one accord. They all were on the same wavelength. They all spoke the same. They talked the same. They believed the same. They were of one accord. They weren't out of accord. They weren't arguing and quarreling. They were of like-mindedness. And that's what you and I should sense to, to accomplish. And that's what the Spirit of God helps us to accomplish is to have this unity as believers. In fact, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. Let's see what he says in, in the Old Covenant here. It says, For you are a holy people. Everybody say, holy people. To the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his personal possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. If this doesn't remind you and make you realize of a, of a unity here, God himself has picked you out from all the rest because he knew he'd love you best. I'll stop there. Because he loves you. You are holy. You were chosen. The Bible has other places in the Old Testament and New Scripture in the New Testament where he says you are a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. Yet he's chosen you, all of you. Amen. Because he loves you. Talk about feeling special. That should be you right there. Cast that anxiety out. Cast that depression out. Because you're a child of the king. Amen? See, God chose Israel to be his special people in the old covenant, in the Old Testament. But Jesus came in the new covenant to save the Jews and the Gentiles, which is you and I. If you are not a Jewish person by birth, you are a Gentile. And Jesus came to save us all. And you should be thankful for that. We've been adopted 
in to God's family through Jesus' death on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That shows us the love of the Father in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And you can probably sense I'm, I'm going a little quicker through this today um, for the lack of time here. But 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, See how great a love the Father has given us, that we would be called children of God, and in fact we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. Ooh, I get excited reading that, talking about what is yet to come, talking about immortality, about living forever. We will see him as he is, and we will be like he is. Not God's, but living in a spiritual state of, of immortality forever and ever and ever. Amen? You see, as a believer, we have been adopted by God. We've been brought into the family of God, all by the Son of God. And this changes everything in your life. This changes everything. It brings a unity that you may not have had before. It brings you into a family that loves you. I pray and hope that every time you walk in through these doors, someone greets you with a smile. Someone greets you with a hug. Someone just tells you, it's great to see you, good to see you. And your response is, it's good to be seen, right? Because that's what, what it, it comes down to. It is good to be seen. Can I get a bigger amen than that? It is good to be seen, amen. You see, the family of brothers and sisters in Christ are deeply connected. We're rooted because of the Word of God, because of what God has done in our lives. Together, we share something in common. He's forgiven us of our past and made us a new creation now, amen? We're, we're deeply connected, and oftentimes, the spiritual families can be even more connected than your physical earthly families. I've seen that many times. This spiritual family can be closer than your own earthly brothers and sisters in this world. We share a spiritual, a spiritual unity through our Lord and Savior. And as part of God's family, you need to understand this, you and I are part of, we're, we're his arms his legs, even his mouthpiece while we're here on this earth. God uses us, he saves us, he adopts us so that he can use us for his glory, amen? And how, how do we do that? Well, to those that are hurting. Hugs were given to some of these people yesterday that were less fortunate than you and I. We were able to minister to some of these people. We were able to share love with them and meet a need in their life. And the great news is that God chose us all to be his family. Those that are less fortunate, those that were living in cars that we ministered to yesterday, in tents, they're just as, as valuable to the kingdom as you and I. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 reminds us of this. For it says, for you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons and daughters and, and the, the Apostle Paul is declaring this. 
because of our faith in Jesus, we are now sons and daughters. I love the fact that in the New Testament, we are reminded of that over and over and over. And I think it's so important in our generation because there's such a disconnect that sometimes we feel all alone in this world. Can I just remind you? You're a son, a daughter of the Most High God. You're special. You are. And, and then i got to be careful how I say that word special because it has a different connotation now than it did 20 years ago. That means you're unique. You're loved by God. Amen? Our faith, and because we're, we're special in that way, our faith fuels our confidence as sons and daughters of God and directs our steps daily. It, it gives us the boldness to walk and do things and believe for things that we never would have done if we had not been adopted by the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Oh, my goodness. Right there, the Lord is telling you he's prepared the way long before you ever even showed up. He's prepared your path way before you even got here. He's got a special purpose and a plan for your life. How many believe that? And he's working on you right this moment. Why do you think he's chipping away certain things? And when he chips away, it hurts. It hurts to be chipped at, to be sculpted into what God wants you to be. It hurts us. But God knows what's best for you, amen? You see, every one of you have talents and treasures. I mention that all the time. You are gifted. You have things, abilities that, that those sitting right next to you don't have. And they're not by accident. God is giving you those earthly talents, and not, not by accident, but to minister, to, to be diligent and use them in the gifts in the kingdom. Amen? He's given us these gifts, and we're or should be instruments of love as we use these gifts, as we reach out to others. And as we experience God's love to the fullest, this brings us a sense of unity, a unity in the house. And then my last point is a sense of purpose. I don't know about you, but before I came to Christ, I had no sense of purpose. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you were younger, and um, I'm talking about early, my early 20s as a teenager, it's really rare the person that has a sense of purpose at that age. But I really felt no sense of purpose. It was just living one week to the next living for the weekend, living to the next party, living to uh, the next place I could go have fun. But deep down, there was no purpose in that. What was the purpose of that? What was the purpose of life? And there's a place, how many are thankful that God has scriptures all throughout his word that remind us of why he put us on this earth? There's Jeremiah 29. There's this scripture found in Romans chapter 12, and I want to tell you before I read this scripture, the purpose that God has placed you on this earth is for transformation. He wants to transform your life so that you can shine like a light to all those around you, so that they can see, hey, wait a minute, I didn't know, I, I, I knew the old Victor, I knew the old Raquel, I didn't know this new person, this new creation, so I, I want to take a look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. 
The scripture says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the Word of God. The Word of God renews your mind. So if you're not reading the Word of God, your mind can't be renewed. I'm just telling you how it is, how it works. We, we have to be transformed. We can't just remain that one-year-old believer for the rest of our life. God wants to see you grow in this family, in this spiritual family. He wants to, you to make a difference in your life, in the people you meet, in the people that you minister to, to act in love, reflecting the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But you can only do that if you're transformed. You know, the last 25 days or so, I've had the privilege, and I've shared it with some of you that have come to my house. We had a couple, of, we had a baby dove lay two eggs right in front by our house, right by the front door. I had a hanging planter, and I had been watering it, and all of a sudden one day I went to go water, and I saw a dove sitting on it. I said, oh. And so uh, when one day I, I lowered the, the basket with the dove still in there, and I took a peek, and she was sitting on or laying on two eggs. And so for the last 25 days, I've been watching that basket every day, and it was a beautiful flower basket. Today it's all dried up. But there's a nest on there. And then about a week ago, I noticed the, the mama had gone, and I, I lowered the basket, and there was the little, the little bird, the little dove had hatched, and he was sitting there. And so my point is there's transformation going on here from the egg to this little bird. And then this, so every day I'd been checking up on this bird, and the mama came back last night because the other egg is still there. I don't think the other egg is going to hatch at this point because the, the little chickling or dove has been, was born a week ago and this other egg hasn't even hatched. So um, this morning I looked and the little birdie was gone. He's transformed some more. He, he sprouted his wings and he took off. And I was looking around. Did he fall? I'm looking around and he's gone. He's gone. And but the egg is still there. I don't know what's going to happen with that egg. I hope mom comes back and maybe by miracle another little one is born. But that's part of the transformation process for us that we, we must make as well. Amen? And, and God wants to transform each of us. He wants you to begin to flap those wings and to begin to fly and do things that you were not capable of doing in your mind a month ago, a year ago. He wants you to fly, amen? He also wants you to have power, love, and self-control. He wants you to exhibit the, the, the characteristics of God's family. And uh, I'm going to wind down here. I'm going I'm to cut it short here. But Paul, throughout these scriptures that we're reading, was encouraging the early church to exhibit characteristics of what this holy God means. Because there was a lot of things going on at that time, a lot, of, a lot of demonic practices, principles. There were religions that were, uh, they had male shrine prostitutes and a bunch of ungodliness going on in, those, in their belief systems at that time. That's what was going on at the time of early Christianity. And Paul is teaching these people 
characteristics that represented the Most High God. Uh, I will read one more, a couple more scriptures to you before I close here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Those of you that are doing things for God, that are, that are still continuing to pray and you're hoping for things, your faith is saying, I'm believing for this, this scripture is telling you, don't give up yet. Don't just stay firm. Know that your labor, know that your prayers are not in vain. Keep believing. Amen. See, our Father knows in heaven what we need because we belong to his family. He knows what we need. One of the most beautiful things in the Gospel of John that I am reminded of every time I see it is the intimate relationship the Father and the Son had as you read the Gospel of John. You see, the Father and, and the Son had this most intimate relationship. And I want to share just one scripture on that. And, and my point in sharing that is, this is the type of intimacy you and I must learn to develop with our Heavenly Father. In John chapter 17 and verse 24, and there's many other scriptures like this. Just go and read the Gospel of John. It says here in verse 24, Father... I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. This is the perfect picture of intimacy, of love, of what you and I are supposed to exhibit in the church. Can I get an amen? Amen. And as I close today, I, I, I would invite you this Friday, you don't want to miss it. It's really a, a place where we can connect, where we can learn to become transformed to a greater depth in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Amen. And just as King David declared in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? How many want that in their life? Amen. Amen. I told you I was going to touch on the outreach yesterday one last time. Um, I want to, you know, in the, in the process of putting the, the bags together that Bill and Dee Dee purchased, they purchased these beautiful bags uh, with uh, scriptures on the outside, beautiful colored, uh, different colored, neon colored bags. Uh, they were just beautiful. But we, in the midst of all the things that we put in these bags, from toothpaste, shampoos, socks, uh, beanies, scarves, thank you so much, the beanies, they loved them. Uh, give a big hand to Elaine. She hand-knit these, every single one of them, that went into a bag. Flashlights. Uh, feminine products. I mean, we had everything in there, right? But there was one thing that, that was put in every bag, and I want to read it to you. And this was written by Bill and Dee Dee, and it just touched my heart when I read it again. I read it again yesterday when I got home, but this is why we did it. 
It said, and this went into every single bag for those that are less fortunate. It says, our son, Robert June Omega, was born and raised in Vallejo. During his late teens and early 20s, he faced many hardships, one of which was homelessness. Thankfully, during his mid-20s, he persevered and found his way through his struggles and was on the right path. In November 2021, June started working at Mercy House in San Francisco, which provides housing and comprehensive support services for homelessness. On November 21st, 2021, June arrived in San Francisco too early for work, so he went to a local fast food restaurant to get some food. Unfortunately, he never made it inside. Just outside the restaurant, he got into a fight. Saddened to say our son's life was taken. He was 29 years old, three weeks away from his birthday. In memory of June, our family, along with the help of our church family, Foothill Christian American Canyon, want to continue to help those that were important to him. We pray that this bag and its contents be a blessing to you during this trial you are facing. It may seem you will never see the end of it, but we want to remind you that your son, that you are thought and cared about. You are still alive, so make every second of your life count because you matter. Don't let anyone tell you different. In the Bible, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This has been one of the many verses in the Bible that has helped me produce or that has helped me deal with the loss of our son. I hope it can also help you. We also pray or encourage and pray that you accept Jesus into your life because he can bring you comfort and peace. Always the Beto family. And they end it with a scripture that says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, Isaiah 40 and 31. Beautiful scripture, beautiful little testimony there. And I want everybody to just stand and give Bill and Didi a big hand because it was, it was birthed out of their heart. Amen. We know that wasn't easy, but... Um, it was something that when God stirs something in your heart, you just, you just obey. You just do it. Amen. And I know it was a blessing to them to see uh, those that were blessed yesterday by receiving those bags. Amen. So we're going to close. If you would just lift your hands as we always do here to receive the blessing. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And Lord, we also pray for the food that we're about to have. We pray your blessings upon it. Nourish it to our bodies. Lord, may it be an ever-present strength for us. And Lord, we give you thanks for everyone that has brought something or made something. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.